The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. to another episode of Positive Talk Radio. One of my favorite all-time people is here, and I'm so happy that she's here. By the way, i got to ask you, what did you think of the opening? I think you surround yourself with beautiful women is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> you are one smart man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was looking at that, and I'm going, you know... <laughs> It's 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 kind of like uh, what is it the Beauty and the Beast kind of thing? Um, yeah. So what do you? Hey, you you know they're just as beautiful inside as out, and you you know why not have both? Exactly, exactly. Now I do have to say that they're all attached to other people, and that which is good because I'm you know never mind. Uh, but uh, it's. <laughs> Tracy Hemingway is with us, and she's she's got a, a great uh, business called Hemingway uh, Hypnosis, uh, yep. right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I got that, I got that right, and I even did it from memory, which in my age is not an easy thing. So I'm impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> and so then we got lots to talk about today because she's she is a great hypnosis person or hypnotist. What do you call yourself? <laughs> Uh, to be honest, I call myself a neurohypnotherapist. So in my schooling, I went at 400 hours, I could call myself a clinical hypnotherapist. At 500 hours, I could call myself a transpersonal hypnotherapist. But for the last three years, I have done probably close, close to 400 hours of work with people with neurological issues, traumatic brain injuries, uh, concussions, post-concussion syndrome. And so I actually gave myself the, the title of neurohypnotherapist because I really do specialize a lot in that neurological space. And so I always joke that my grandkids are going to have a job that's never been invented. And then so I just invented myself a job so I can have a job that's <laughs> never been invented. Exactly. Well, you, that also makes you the only one. I am the only one. I think I'm one of the few in the world that has specialized in post-concussion and traumatic brain injury uh, patients. Well, you all, and we haven't talked a great deal about this, but I would like to talk about this a little bit. And oh. that's uh, NLP? Oh, yeah. Neuro-linguistic programming. Uh, that was a part of my training. I, I received training probably, I don't know, 30, 40 hours on, on NLP. I actually, on my bookshelf right now, I have NLP for dummies because uh, every once in a while, I'll just refresh myself. Uh, until I studied it, I didn't realize. And then I, would, I listened a couple of times to Tony Robbins. And I realized about every other sentence that comes out of his mouth is an NLP structure. Aha. Uh -huh. Well, so, he, yeah, he's basically hypnotizing the audience. 
he does it for a purpose and he's very purposeful in what he does which is why he's as big as he is he is right. and it wasn't until i had studied it that at that aha moment and i said look at that every other sentence is an nlp sentence so describe what that means and the nlp nlp sentence so uh, neuro-linguistic programming is a way of structuring a sentence, and it's really a way of beginning a sentence. And um, if you've ever had kind of a pushy car salesman that says, and Kevin, what do I need to do today to get you into this car? <laughs> I've had that before. Exactly. And we work with people, we use NLP and hypnosis when we say, okay, you're not ready to forgive this person quite yet. But what would it take for you to get to that point of forgiving this person? And so it at least opens the door to that next step. And they said, well, this needs to happen. Well, a lot of times the person people need to forgive is past. They're, they're already gone from this earth. And so there's really nothing that person can do. And so sometimes they'll say to me, well, uh, just give me another year. And then I'll get over it. And I'll say, okay, great. Well, what would it take for us to have you get over it in six months? Well, what would it take to get over it in six weeks? Well, what would it take to be over it in six days? Oh, a friggin' miracle. That's what it would take. But when they realize they're ready to forgive in a year, then, and this person isn't here to do any more damage, what would it take? to just forgive them in the next six minutes. And we break it down until we get to where they say, it's more freeing for me to forgive them than to carry this weight. And it doesn't serve anybody at that point because they are, especially if they're past, yeah. it's like they're already revisiting what they've already had to do and they're on the other side and it and none of that matters here so we're carrying around something that doesn't even exist anymore that's what's right. so so right. frightening and but our bodies are a complete reflection of our past and you know our bodies are a reflection of every meal you've ever eaten every workout you've ever done every injury you've ever sustained and every illness you've ever had an injury and illness it is mental as well as physical, and we're carrying it in our bodies. And so when we allow ourselves to say, I'm going to let go of that, and it's just so freeing because we've been carrying it in our body. It was, no matter what the injury was, we're carrying it with us. Now, NLP, is that the part of that protocol? Is that the tapping? No, that's uh, EFT. Emotional freedom tapping. Oh, okay. I, I somehow I got them uh, intertransposed <laughs> or intermixed. That's okay. Um, yeah, there could all there's always a new acronym. So we we should make one up, like Tracy and Kevin Rock. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I have one that I wanted to talk to you about. Oh, uh, let's in go. A, in a little bit, um, because I I feel like it was it was a download from the other side. And, Perfect. And stuff. So I want to talk about that. But first of all, Tracy Hemingway is with us, and she is she's been on the show before. And I just love having you here because you've got such great energy, and you're you you must be really fun to work with. And and you even put up with we did a show you and me and a guy who looked like me. 
God bless him. The two of you could be twins. Yes, indeed. But but uh, he 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 no longer participates with me because our styles. I don't know if you've noticed, but our styles are just polar opposites, and they're way different and and stuff. Well, that you were the yin and yang. I I did notice that. Yes. Yes, and well, and and the and the problem is, I will. I like to focus on my guest and what your gifts are and what you're doing, and and I don't like um, having somebody that that. Um, talks differently and and actually i've had i had a couple of guests on that he actually had an argument with on the air so you know i i because so i i wanted first of all to apologize for that because i had somebody else that was on the air with me and she said you know who's that other guy that you were with and i said oh he's no no longer working with me and and she said well that's good because i at one point during the interview i just wanted to say you know why am i here Well, he was, he was fine. I didn't, I didn't have any issue with him. And, you know, I'm pretty much a loud mouth. I grew up with seven kids. And so I have no problem just butting in. So. Well, that, that's good. That's good. Because sometimes, sometimes that's just what you've got to do. So now when you're talking about the, the neural pathways and all of that stuff in the brain, does the tapping um, actually help? So when I utilize tapping, I teach it. So all hypnosis, Kevin, is self-hypnosis. There's really, okay. I'm, I'm kind of like the bus driver, but you know, you're, you're back there on the whole tour yourself. You know, I'm just driving the bus and all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. So when I teach one of my clients tapping, half the time I just say, go on YouTube and look at this, but we're going to do a session to get just a quick session right now. So when I teach it to them, it's more to get them off the ledge, I guess is a good, uh, I see a lot of people that are struggling with anxiety disorders and depression. And I say to them, when you feel this, so what it's what I call the frustration threshold. When we start, frustration is a great place to start because when you're frustrated you still feel like you're empowered to change something otherwise you wouldn't be frustrated you'd be defeated you'd be all these things at the frustration threshold you still feel like you're empowered now the problem is is when we allow ourselves to fall i call them into the three funnels we have a funnel of sadness that ends in depression we have a funnel of fear that ends in anxiety And then we have a third funnel of anger that, believe it or not, the end of that funnel is not rage. It's actually self-destructive behavior or addicted addictions. That is in that anger funnel. And so what I instruct people to do is when they are in that frustration mode, before they fall in the funnel, because crawling out of a funnel is a difficult thing to do, before you fall in the funnel, you can use tapping to change your mindset. And so I, I show them how to do it. I walk them through the process. We, we talk through it. I make them say one back to me. We do, I do a couple of rounds with them. I have them say one back to me. And I also let them know, you can't do this wrong. I think people get intimidated by it because, first of all, if you happen to go on YouTube, there's about 
a million videos and they're doing it at least a hundred different ways. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I explained to them, you can't do it wrong. What you are doing is you're using your mouth, your hands, your thoughts, and you are changing the direction of your thoughts, the way they're heading. And so we, we'll talk something through when somebody's like very frustrated with their mom. And we just say, I'm so frustrated with my mom. I'm so frustrated with my mom. I'm so frustrated. I just don't know what to do with her. And then we move our way. You know, mom's going to be mom. She's always going to be mom. Yeah. Mom's just always going to push my buttons. Mom pushes my buttons. Mom pushes. You know, mom's going to push my buttons, but I'm okay with that. And then we work through that cycle and we just take it a little step at a time. So I tell them when you are in the frustration, you can either do tapping or there is actually a magic word that you can use when you're frustrated. And that word is whatever. And usually when I use that word, I give them the two finger salute because when we're frustrated, we're usually frustrated about something we have no control over right now. Exactly. And so if you can give it the whatever and the two finger salute, you actually have stepped out of that frustration mode for even just a few seconds to say, okay, there's nothing I can do about this. And so I teach EFT tapping as a way to stop you from dropping into that funnel of either sadness, fear, or anger. Help me here. Cause yeah. I don't quite, I do understand it, but I don't. Is it now is I, I've always been a positive person. Even when I'm down, I'm positive. Even when I'm talking to people, I'm always positive. I'm always upbeat and that sort of thing. So I don't understand when somebody falls into major depression or anxiety. Is that a chemical imbalance in the brain? Is that a story that they've told themselves they can't get away from? What is the dynamic behind? Because it happens to so many of us. And so my belief is right now, there's about 90% of the people that are on anti-anxiety and antidepressants don't need to be on them. They should be receiving therapy instead or counseling or, or talking to their religious advisor, whatever it is. But doctors love to write out prescriptions for, I've, I've been handed three at three separate times in my life and two of them for, were for menopause. <laughs> It was like, this is a natural thing. I don't need an antidepressant to go through this. I'm, I'm just 55. Let me be a human. Um, and so, however, there are a good 10% of people who truly have a chemical imbalance. And these medications can definitely help get that balance back. But Kevin, my, my experience has been the 10% that really need it are usually the 10% that won't take it. That's right. That's right. And the 90% that will take it are those that are just looking for the quick fix of, I don't want to do the deep work. I don't want to forgive myself. I don't want to forgive my life. I don't want to find, feel worthy. I just, I'd rather just carry my guilt and my shame and swallow some pills. So I don't feel them so much and get on with my day. And you know, I could be dead wrong. Disclaimer, I could be dead wrong. But in my experience, the 10% who really do need those meds are the ones who are the most resistant to taking them. I have a uh, relative 
that is exactly that way once a month or and i'm not even sure because i haven't asked her i haven't i'm not sure if it it uh times with her cycle or whatever it is but once a month she loses her mind or it's like she rolls over and her brain falls out of her ear and uh and she's like that for like 24 hours and then she's all better and she until the next episode and so she is she went to a um she had an episode had a panic attack went to the hospital they took it they recommended that she see a counselor and the counselor recommended a psychiatrist saw the psychiatrist the psychiatrist said you need to be on medication they're still sitting in the cabinet in the bathroom that she refuses to take because i don't need it she says yeah i would i would guess hers is far more cyclical then i i would think it was tied with her cycle especially if she can say you know 10 days prior or four days prior or whatever it is uh you know our, we as females and males, we go through our hormones shift every single day and they'll shift with what we're eating. They'll shift with what we're watching. If we're watching the news and getting that negative um, hormone and, and making us feel negative, everything changes. And so I would have I would have probably gone to her gynecologist and had her check her hormone levels on like an every three day pattern and mm -hmm. check where her hormones go. Uh, because there's no telling this could be a thyroid issue or um, other, other amygdala, other things that are, her hormones could just be completely off. Uh, I, I know I had my own PMS that I didn't recognize until my second husband pointed it out that I would have one day a month where I thought every, everything was tragic. <laughs> Everyone hates me. I'm the worst. And the other 32 days a month, I'm good. But one day a month, I'm just, the whole world is tragic. And, <laughs> and so I, I really relate to what you're saying about your sister or sorry, not sister, whoever it is relative, because, uh, I've, I've had that happen to myself and it was my 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 husband who went oh i know what this means and it wasn't until he pointed it out and i went oh three days later right on cue and he was right so um yeah. so he meant so there was one day a month where he made himself scarce yeah <laughs> no he usually made chocolate chip cookies that was the better move <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, women and chocolate, I tell you, it's a, you know, but yeah. so that, you know, and that that really is, you know, in her state. Well, she also had postpartum depression. Oh, yeah. She had her baby and stuff. So so and because, you know, I've seen I had I had a couple of kids. I didn't. My wife did. So I've seen what happens to the female body when uh, they go through pregnancy. And it is it's crazy what happens. Oh, it, um, it is. It is. Uh, this this body is one big miracle. Let me tell you, the fact that it can create a human and then feed a human and do all of that is one big miracle. But, you know, our hormones cycle through. I mean, there's all sorts of studies that like women, when they're ovulating, they're attracted to different types of men than if they're not ovulating. And I mean, there's so many studies on this. And now, you know, we call it menopause with men when they start to get into that low T area of their bodies and, and they start to feel 
insecure and they start, and all those things that women have felt, you know, on a monthly basis, um, they start to feel that they start to feel insecure and unattractive and, and the, like the world is a, is a terrible place. And, you know, men start to go through that as well. And, and they're now realizing we're not, not so far apart. Just, you know, my body can create a human and yours, you know, only contributes a little bit. <laughs> exactly. For, for the, the best two minutes that you'll ever have. But exactly. anyway. I, exactly. I, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's the interesting thing is, is that as I get older and you're, you're behind me, so you're, you've got to go through this yet. But as I get older, what I'm discovering is that since I've never been this age before, that there are things that I cannot do today that I could do and didn't even think about it five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And it, and it requires an adjustment and you have to learn what you really can and cannot do. And, and that uh, you have to be careful. You don't want to fall over because I used to be able to fall over and bounce back up and everything was fine. Now my bounce factor is gone, you know, so you, so it's, you get older. It's a, it's a, it's a, it is an adjustment. Of, of learning how to live with it. It is, but, you know, at, even though we're more physically limited, you and I were having a discussion that we're the happiest we've ever been in our lives, and we've never been this old. That's that's absolutely true. Yeah, I have far more wisdom I, today than I did a decade ago. I mean, I don't even recognize that woman I was a decade ago. I have I'm, learned so much. I'm right there with you. I got I got the same thing, and... and uh, because and because we've been through it and it's not a surprise when when somebody comes along and and is repeating the same thing that somebody else did a decade ago but you're recognizing it better this time so you're not allowing it to affect you in the way it did a decade ago i think that's progress i hope oh absolutely absolutely i mean we are growing and changing every day i I tell people all the time, you have, you have two choices. We either grow and change and evolve and it's all really uncomfortable, or you can just sleepwalk through life and just do the comfortable stuff all the time. And I know a lot of sleepwalkers who want that union job where they put the widget on the wadget for 30 years and then they want to retire and sit on the same bar stool and drink the same beer until they die. When I, when I was young, <laughs> I, I went to work and I'd never seen this. I'd never seen this side of people before. But I went to work for a um, cabinet manu manufacturer, and I was going to learn how to make cabinets. And so they started me off with making just you know, um, nailing one thing into another and stuff like that. But what so what got me was everybody that worked there had a set life. They would get, they would go to work on Monday through Thursday. And they would have lunch and they play hearts at lunch every day. It's an ongoing thing. And then on Thursday night, they all get together and go out and get bombed and then go to work on Friday and feel awful all day. And then they'll go out Friday night and get bombed again. And then they'll have their little weekend. And it's, but it was the same every week. And some people, and there was one guy, he'd been there, he worked there for 30 years. And he's, he, his job was to be at the end of a double-edged saw so that he could take and stack the wood, uh, the, 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 um, the, the, the sheets of plywood. He could stack that 
on a pallet. And he did that eight hours a day, eight hours a day, five days a week for 30 years. I, and he didn't kill himself. I don't understand how that could be. But there's some people like that. There are. And what's tough is those are the kind of jobs that are being automated and being taken out of the workforce. And unions are striving to keep them. And it's like, no, we want the humans to use their brains, their heart, their gut. We want humans to use their creativity. Let the machine stack the plywood on the pallet. Exactly. Are you familiar with the gospel according to Gene Roddenberry? No, but I know that name. Why do I know that name? Uh, he, he invented Star Trek. Oh, okay. All right. Well, tell me about the gospel according to Gene. In the 23rd century, mm -hmm. everything is automated. We don't have to work anymore because the food is can can be in a in the, what do they call that? The um, um, anyway, the food the food's created for you. Everything is done for you, and so that gives you the freedom to pursue whatever your heart desires. And so that's what everybody did. They would they were able to pursue what their heart desired without having to worry about the consequences of starvation and 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 all that kind of stuff. So I'm hopeful that that we will get to be that way, but I'm convinced that there are people that that even if they had ultimate freedom that they would not take it and they would not use their passion to really make their life better and they would sit there on the couch. Do, do you is are there people like that? Kevin, we all have ultimate freedom. Ah. We all have ultimate freedom. At any point we can make it. Dang, I wish I'd have said that. We at any time you can make a choice to do things differently. But our subconscious mind, so this is my hypnotherapist talking, bring out yes. the subconscious. Our subconscious mind only wants two things for us. It wants to keep us safe and it wants to keep us comfortable. Healthy and happy, that's a conscious thing. It's thinking about the future. I want to be healthy and happy. Subconscious mind, safe and comfortable. So if comfort is stacking the wood on the pallet, and playing hearts at lunch and getting wasted on Thursday and Friday, then that's what you're going to do because you live subconsciously and you will sleepwalk through life, making the same decisions you made yesterday, today. But we, all, we all have the ability to change. We just don't. You know, thank you for the segue. Cause you bring up a, you bring up a very interesting point. Do you know who Pete Carroll is? Uh, coach of the Seattle Mariners or Seattle Seahawks, right? Coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Absolutely okay. correct. And um, he has a philosophy that is unique to what he does in pro football. And he works. His philosophy is I take every athlete where they're at and I develop them to the best of their ability, regardless of what that ability is. And then we utilize that so that they can be the best version of themselves. It's a very enlightened viewpoint, in my opinion. And one of the things he talks about is something called grit. Are you familiar with the term grit? Like true grit? <laughs> not girls raised in the South? <laughs> <laughs> no, not the, not the corn. That, not the grit. No, uh, I understand true grit. Yes, I do understand grit. And it's all within us, but you know, it's a hard thing. Grit is never comes easy. So this is, so this is what I developed. 
And uh, this this kind of came to me, and I got up uh, in and wrote it all down and and stuff. And so, uh, Positive Talk Radio is going to become the home of Authentic Grit. Awesome. And the Authentic Grit Grit is identified by your behavior and what you do and your passion and your follow through. And so I actually made an an acronym out of it. And so I'll just read it to you. Okay. Um, Authentic grit, uh, growth, always developing personally, professionally, and spiritually resilient, never quit strength of character, positive and passionate indomitable spirit, Hardiness, excellence of purpose, and powerful, and tough, mentally determined, hardworking, courageous, and creative. I and so I'm, what I'm going to be talking about and preaching is that if that's not who you are today, that is something that you can do. You can learn. It's a learned behavior. But in order to learn that behavior, you have to get rid of a lot of the other things that somebody else gave you as behavior that you've taken on as your own, and you have to create something brand new and alive. What do you think? Does it have legs? (laughs) Absolutely. To me, that's what the, the subconscious is all about. It does not like the grit. Because if you think about when you're sanding something, the more grit, the more 220 versus 50, it makes things polished and shiny and all of that. But it's it's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. And that is the biggest thing. Dr. Joe Dispenza, one of my favorite quotes is, when you step into the river of change, it is uncomfortable. And people's subconscious minds, it wants to keep you comfortable. And it doesn't like things that poke at you. And whenever you're trying to grow, whenever you're trying to have that open your mind to new physical, new spiritual, new intellectual, something's poking at you and it's not easy and it's hard and it's easier to sink back into your old patterns than it is to change. Where is that little voice that at least I have that little voice that keeps pushing me that says, keep going, keep going. You can do this. And this is how you, you need to follow your passion. You need to do this. You need, you need to get up and do that podcast. You need to get up and, and create that video and stuff. So what is that little voice? Okay. So I actually teach this thing. It's called the map to happiness. Um, it's a class I actually teach corporations, <laughs> but oh, good, 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 yeah. good. Yeah, but so your subconscious mind, like I said, subconscious mind is over here. It wants to keep you safe and comfortable. Subconscious mind is everything of your past. It remembers everything you've ever been through. Every memory. There's a saying that your subconscious mind remembers every power pole you've driven by. Okay, so subconscious mind is all bathed in the past, and it's where we spend about ninety-five percent of our day. Conscious mind is the future. It's all what you cannot do anything without thinking about it first. So you have to consciously think about it. You know, to I always say there's like consciously going to the grocery store and subconsciously going to the grocery store. When you consciously go, you take your list and your coupons and your recyclable bags and your purse. And then they're subconsciously showing up at the store and being like, what am I here for? <laughs> and 
I use this story. One time I so subconsciously went to the grocery store. I didn't realize until I got out of the car in Florida on the hot asphalt, I forgot to wear shoes to the grocery <laughs> store. So that's, we've got conscious mind always thinking towards the future. It's goals for you is to be happy and healthy. And you got subconscious over here just stuck in the past going, just keep me safe and comfortable. And then conscious mind is future thinking. Subconscious mind is past. But Kevin, that voice you're hearing is your super conscious mind. It is that soul. It is your spirit. It is your energy. It's that part of you that is not your mind, that is not your body. It's that part of you that's uniquely you. And it is present. It is that present voice. We, we, it's not the past. It's not the future. It's the one that says, get up right now and go do this. And the only way we can get in touch with that voice is one, we have to acknowledge it exists. I think people who are so caught up in subconscious thought and a little bit of conscious, they don't even know that other voice exists. And two, you have to get present with it. And so whether you want to call it meditation or, uh, oh, I can't even think of the word. What is it? Contemplation. And whether you want to get there, but you can do it with just one breath. Meditation doesn't have to be 20 minutes. It can be one breath and giving that voice a name or a job, being like just one deep breath of like, what should I do now? And if you're tuned into that voice, damn it, you hear it like that. I do. You do. Yeah, I am too. And I invite my, my inner voice actually is a him. It's not a her. I invite him all the time uh, to come and be present with me and what I'm doing. Uh, And it's amazing how then things happen through me instead of by my efforts or happening to me. It's being in spirit where things happen through me and the right words come, the right inspiration, the right ideas. They all come when you invite that present voice. But Kevin, you can't hear it if you're not being present. If you are so mired in your past or so mired in your future, you cannot be present and hear that voice. That's why some people don't hear it. And they don't believe it's possible. But I'm, I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, Tracy Hemingway has it exactly right. Because if you believe, if you know that that voice is coming from, and I equate it like there is a, uh, a telephone connection between your soul and your energy and your energy field that surrounds you and the folks on the other side that are there to support you. And they all are working in concert together. They already know what, what we're trying to accomplish. We don't get to have the benefit of that view, but they do. And so if you're open to those discussions, if, if, as an example, I used to, um, when I was going to leave the house and I would forget my cell phone, I would use, and I would get this little message in my head, don't forget your cell phone. And, uh, I would ignore it. And so I would leave. And then, then magically enough, while I was away from my cell phone, I needed it. Or my son called me and I wasn't available for it. 
And so, so now when I'm, whatever it is, it's like, don't forget, or don't remember this or do the, it's, it's like, they're there to support you. It's so, and, do I need medication? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some plant medicine to like open that, <laughs> that channel up a little more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some wild mushrooms, maybe. Maybe some ayahuasca, iboga, you know, who knows? Um, I, I work with a lot of people who go on those journeys and then they come to me and we integrate things together. So that, that was why I, I said that. But Ooh, that, That's an interesting conversation. Let's, yeah. let's finish, finish your thought that I'd like to talk about that. So the thing is, is your energy is connected to universal consciousness at all times. Yes. And there is a flow that's coming through you. And yet we take that flow. It's like the ocean is flowing in. You know, you ever have those ideas that land on you for a second? And if you don't grab them out of the ether, exactly. You're great. You grabbed it out of the ether and you said, this is mine. I'm going to make it real. And that's the important. So all these are flowing into you all the time. And I always look at it like a V. It's like we've got this flow coming in the top subconscious mind gets in there and it says, well, this fits and that doesn't fit. And let's see. And then we get down to this little end, the subconscious mind, the bottom of the V and an ocean's flowing in and you let one little drop come out. <laughs> but when you acknowledge the ocean, you turn into a you. And so it just flows and things come through you. Like I said, it just, that flow comes in and you're right there to say, I feel this. I know what this is and I'm ready to move forward on this. And it's like, instead of being that V where you're shutting things off, you be the you and you just let things flow through you. And I ask my higher self all the time. It's like, where are my keys? And I'll get the weirdest, like, go look in the trunk of your car. And I'm like, they're not in the trunk of my car. But then I go in the trunk of my car and it's like, oh, I forgot to bring this bag of groceries in. Then go take the bag of groceries in and there are my keys sitting there on the kitchen counter. And it's like, oh, okay, thank you. You you know, that was a little roundabout. But I always say the universe has your back. It doesn't have your front. You have to take the steps first and then it just pushes you right along. By the way, you just you just had a, a bumper sticker moment or, <laughs> or a t-shirt moment. And, the, and that was be the you. Be the you. Yep. That, just, just be it. That would, that would be something that somebody, that would solicit a question. Yes. Okay. So what does be the you mean? Yeah. Be open to the universe. Be, uh, be open to, to ideas and thoughts and creativity and, and, and ways of being that you have never thought of before because they're all waiting for you. That's, that's in my, that's what this is really all about yeah. is it's all waiting for you by um, divine design in now in your, in your work as a hypnotherapist, as a hypnotherapist, I wish I could speak today. Do you talk to people about these principles? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I have people who come and we're, we're working on things and they'll be like, I just have no idea how to be happy. And it's like, get a piece of paper and a pen, sir. We're going to draw the map to happiness here. <laughs> and um, I, I literally teach this. It's an, an, a map to happiness. And it's um, and I use it in my practice a lot because people don't realize until you get that subconscious, conscious mind and super conscious mind 
all working together, that's where you find that happy spot, that zone, that place where you feel like I, I've got this. And that, you know, be the you is universal consciousness too. But I, but Kevin, you hit the nail on the head because I always say when you are in spirit, in that connection with your super conscious mind is where the five I words come in. Ideas, inspiration, intuition, instinct, and imagination. Those five I words happen when you're there. When you're caught up in the past, you don't, ideas and imagination aren't flowing. When you're so caught up in your to-do list, it's hard. You have to stop and be present to let the ideas and imagination flow. You know, that you have said that more concisely and more easy to understand than most people I've ever had on on the show. And I I thank you for that because it is easy and it's free. It doesn't cost a thing. All it is is a different mindset and the belief and the knowing. See, I, I, I don't even use a belief, the term belief really anymore. Because if you know something, you know it, right? Yeah. And I, I, this, I, this is what I know. I know that we are connected. We are connected to each other. We are connected to source. And it's all designed for our pleasure and enjoyment and for us to have a good time and experiment and to live and to, and to really make something that we will be, that we can remember later on that we are proud of and, and something that we really enjoy. One thing I tell all of my clients is you were created cell by cell from scratch by the universe and you were created cell by cell to be extraordinary. You weren't created to play small. We just choose that because safe and comfortable likes small. Yep. If you don't play the game, you can't lose. Right. Oh, yeah. Every one of my I will tell you, fear of failure is not a thing in my practice. It's always fear of success. Because everybody's failed enough times. They got that down to a science. (laughs) We're good at that. We're really good. But they but fear of success is much bigger because, you know, we've been told, you know, you're getting too big for your britches there, son. Or uh, who do you think you are? And you must stay humble. And all of these things, we, you know, I, I always say we were raised with these Christian Judeo beliefs that happiness is bad and suffering and sacrifice is the things to be rewarded. But you cannot suffer enough to help the suffering and you cannot sacrifice enough to help the sacrifice, the, the people who are suffering. You can't be sick enough to help the sick. You just can't. It's the strong that help the meek. Sorry, I trust me. I graduated from the seminary. I know my beatitudes, but <laughs> the meek don't help the meek. The strong empower the meek. Yep, and that is one of the the missions of being strong yeah. is to is to not be a bully, but to be compassionate and kind. And empowering other people to be the best that they can be, which takes me back to what you know, Pete Carroll's 
a philosophy in life and what uh, authentic grit is, is empowering people to be their absolute, the best that they can be. However, and you said it just now, and that is fear of success. There are, are there people in the world that are afraid of doing things like this because it's out of their comfort zone and every day. <laughs> oh, well, you know, it, it is out of their comfort zone. They would listen to us talking about this, Kevin and go, no click. Yeah. Because it makes them uncomfortable to think that they are capable of much more. What's that great Marianne Williamson quote of, it's what you are capable of that will terrify you or something that that's the scariest thing is knowing that you are capable of everything. And, and that knowing that you are capable of so many amazing things and that you weren't put here to play small. I mean, Jesus said, don't put your light under a bushel. And yet we all do it. We don't want to be the one that stands out. That's you true. Know? Yeah. I mean, I, I look at politics. Why is there no one my age, your age, Kevin, running for president? Why is it still the 80-year-olds? Why do? Why is it still, you know, that World War II generation or whatever they are? I don't even know. Vietnam generation. Why are they? What, where's our age? They don't want to be up there. They don't want to sacrifice. They don't want to do those things. It's And it just, it makes me very sad that the leaders of this country that people our age are not stepping up. It, 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 you know, my son and I were having this conversation just the other day. It's like, he's like, dad, they're like almost dead. And, and they, they, they don't remember what it's like to be 30. Well, and what it's like to be 30 today is nowhere freaking near what it was even when I was 30. And me either. Yeah. And, and it's so it's different, but they haven't changed and and but but you're right there is a whole generation that are not interested in in apparently in service because they you know it's like they don't get paid enough the really bright people that can make millions of dollars they don't get paid enough to do to put up with the what politicians put up with and the and the scrutiny and all that kind of good stuff but, well and to spend all that money to campaign yeah I mean, that, and I, they spend so much money or they spend so much of their time and energy fundraising that. They're very rarely out there leading. Um, so I, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to go over. No, 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 no. You're, you're. So, we talk about all of it here. Um, yeah. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't talk about religion and politics a lot. But how? But the psyche. I'm interested in the psyche, like you are, of why it is that this generation is not doing what other generations have done, and what is what's is it self centeredness? Is it uh, because they don't think they can. Um, because I, I agree with you. Everybody is capable of doing whatever they choose to do. I'll, I'll use myself as an example if I can. Because I am, I've got 650 episodes up. I've got another, oh, probably two years worth of episodes that, that I did in 2003 to, through 2005. I would not be considered a success. I, I don't have a national radio show. I don't, uh, but in my mind, in my world, I am a, a success at what I'm doing and I'm not going to stop um, regardless because I get to talk to people like you <laughs> and, and that becomes a really cool 
thing for me to be able to present people like you to the world and and my and tell me if you agree with this my philosophy is my job is to put the best show that I can put up with the best guests I can put up and to find create the best content that I can and I'm going to let the universe handle the rest exactly people ask me all the time why don't you create a a class or this or that and I say because I help humans one person at a time and that person if i can help that person be happier that's one more happy person in the world that is a better gift for me to give to the world and the happy people oh yeah and the ripple effect of helping that one person can literally change generations of of people on this planet I agree 100%. And I tell people all the time when I tell them that happiness is their number one job and they kind of look at me cross-eyed and I say, but when you're happier, when you're happy, isn't your wife happier? When you're happy, aren't your kids happier? When you're happy, aren't your coworkers happier? Who wants to be around someone who's miserable? You know, it's like when you're happy, you're actually giving a gift to the world because everyone you interact with, you give that happiness away. And that is actually, you know, like I said, we like to put up here our piety and our sacrifice and denying happiness and all this kind of garbage. We're not giving back to the world. When we're happy, we're really, I mean, when I'm happy, I'm much more apt to put some money in the homeless man's pocket and all those other things that I wouldn't necessarily do when I'm being miserable and grumpy. Exactly. And, you know, and I have actually proof of that. Uh, when I was driving a bus, I'm not sure if, we, if we've talked about this part. No. When I was driving a bus, and a lot of times it was a 60-foot bus, so there were a lot of people that I would come in contact with on a daily basis. Well, as they would get on and pay their fare or not pay their fare, um, I would always say hello and how are you and stuff. And I always tried to do it with a smile. And I always, And let me amend that. Most of the time. I worked to put a smile on my face and to be and to present a real happy because my feeling was that there were people that I was come in contact with that nobody else is going to talk to that day, except except for me. But the side benefit of that was I discovered that when my energy was positive and was happy and was flowing, the bus was better. The people were kinder. It was, they were happier and, and, but when I was in a bad mood or I was angry, the bus became angry and, and stuff. It's, it's, it's amazing. The energy and the ability that we have to affect or infect those people around us. Yeah, it is contagious. And it's, but like I said, being happier has a ripple effect to everyone that you interact with. And so when I talk to my clients, that's the biggest thing I try to tell them is that happiness is your number one job. And again, I, especially when I tell them to be selfishly happy. Ooh. <laughs> oh no, those are two, those are, those are two words that are not allowed to be in the same. No, I know that pokes, that really pokes at a lot of people. And I'm telling them it's good that it's poking you because that means you, that makes you really uncomfortable. And why does you choosing your own happiness make you uncomfortable? 
And once we really can kind of dive in there, it makes such a difference, Kevin. It really does. And, and like I said, so much of it is things they've been brought up with as kids. As, you know, I mean, I tell you, people say all the time, what are you laughing at? Wipe that smile off your face. You know? <laughs> oh, 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 you just brought up that. I just had a vision of that when yeah. I was when I was a kid because I used to what, what why the hell are you so fucking happy? Shut oh, exactly. up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So yeah, so they don't like people that are happy. Go ahead. No, it's just a lot of baggage, you know. Indeed, indeed. Tracy Hemingway, will you come back again? I just love talking to you. I love talking to you, too. So next time, let's talk about integrating with plant medicine. That I have, that I've had a lot of patients that have uh, experienced, had experiences. And a lot of times they go out of the country, they'll go to Costa Rica or Peru to have these experiences, but then they never have time to really integrate it all together. And uh, people have now started seeking me out for that. And I'm truly loving it because that spiritual side of hypnosis, even though I consider myself a neurohypnotherapist, the spiritual side is really what I got into it. And that's where my true love is. So, Well, I want to talk to you about that. I also want to talk to you about... Uh, past lives and life between lives. Uh, so that's on our agenda to talk more about uh, and stuff. So, so um, you're, you're, I would love for you to become like a regular on my show for me. So. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I know I hadn't been on the last two months and we actually thought we were being transferred and we didn't get transferred. So the last two months I've kind of been in, are we moving? Do I need to pack up the house mode? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so, uh, all by itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. And, you know, I, I've had a great April and May, but we traveled a lot. We had a wedding, we had a possible moving, we had a lot going on. So I would love to be a regular and I appreciate the invitation. Just whenever your busy schedule allows for it. Um, I also, you know, I do KKNW and I want to have you on there as well. Uh, cause you're, you're, my listeners benefit by your positivity and listening to you. So, uh, it works, it works out really nicely for me. Well, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to spend time with me and I love the dialogue that we have together. So we have such an energy when we come together. I love it. I do. I yes, yes, ma'am. We <laughs> certainly do. By the way, if you want to get a hold of Tracy Hemingway, go to HemingwayHypnosis.com, right? Exactly. My, my email, my, my phone number, everything is on there. And I look forward to hearing from anybody. We, I always do a free 30 minute consultation before we schedule anything just to make sure we're a good fit. Yeah. You know, Kevin and I were a good fit, but you know, not everybody is. So there you go. <laughs> and, uh, but if, but if you are interested as an example, if you're interested in exploring authentic, authentic grit, and changing your life in a meaningful way because you're only here for a short time and you might as well make it count for something. That's right. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. It would, you are put here to have fun. Go have fun. This, you know, <laughs> this life is hard enough as it is without we, we making it even harder by saying, I can't be happy. I don't want to be happy. Nobody's so happy. Everybody's, you know, you might as well relax and enjoy it because you're not getting out of alive anyway. And, and the, the positive 
difference you can make in people's lives around you will astound you. Exactly. Very well said. It's, it's thank you so much. I've been practicing. <laughs> so, Tracy Hemingway, thank you so much for being here. I always enjoy it. I'll get I'll get the scheduling link so that you can uh, schedule whenever. And you're you have an uh, a open uh, um, uh, door policy for you anytime you want to come on to any of the shows. You're you're more than welcome. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, Kevin. I got a new closing. Do you want to see it? I do. Let's start it. Let's go. <laughs> Tracy Hemingway, go to Tracy, go to HemingwayHypnosis.com. And thank you so much for being here. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember... Be kind to one another because each other's all we got.